humans, welcome to Palin' Around, the official Your Geeky Gal Pal podcast. Here, we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. My name is Caitlin, and uh, with me is Jess. Hiya! And also with me is uh, Monty, formerly known as Sam, but she's going by Monty these days, so take note. Um, but what's up? Hello, hello, that's me. But yeah, how are you, Caitlin? I don't think we like ask how you are ever i'm so sorry i don't care how oh. caitlin is <laughs> that's fair you shouldn't <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i care so much wow <laughs> and uh so to answer that first question you know i'm all right we're i'm still in the thick of my end of year coverage because i love nothing more than to bite off more than i can chew <laughs> um but yeah you know it's going we're good it's almost the new year um but you might have heard another voice uh, in the background there. And uh, that is our very first ever guest, Andrew Cogswell. Husbando! Uh, it's me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is Jess's husband, which is, you know, he's here. Fucking the bizarre to hus- say. Like- <laughs> the, to- the token husband has arrived. <laughs> yeah. it, it me. Um, but yeah, so Andrew's here uh, to help us talk about our topic. But also... Because, um, so he helps out with the website currently. He, you know, like when I'm having, uh, manic episodes about my writing, he, uh, edits for me on occasion. Um, and he also, in the new year, is going to be helping me out with some dope video editing. Yeah. Because um, my poor neglected YouTube channel is going to be a thing again. Um, so be on the lookout for that. We have some cool stuff in the works. I'm very excited about that, by the way. It's very actually, sick. it's just going to be a lot of uh, anime music videos. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the AMVs? Like, yeah. with, like the, with the OTPs and shit? Oh my god, I used to make those when I was in sixth grade. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know what most of those abbreviations you just said mean. <laughs> you don't know AMV or OTP? I know OTP, but what's an AMV? Are you down with OTP? <laughs> <laughs> no, Andrew, you... You must have seen this in, like, high school, so it's, like, the YouTube, like, it's, like, anime music videos, so people would take, like, popular music from, like, 2005, oh. Oh, and, like, yeah, they I... would put, like, their favorite characters, like, falling in love or something. Be, like, okay, I didn't watch the falling in love ones, but I definitely watched some Under Oath Dragon Ball Z ones. Yeah, stuff like that, except yeah. for it was usually more romantic. Oh, yeah, no, mine were. It'd be, like, Naruto, like, the black-haired one and the pink-haired one. They have oh, names. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't oh, fucking I, know Naruto I, I or mean. Dragon Ball Z. I think it's, uh... Sakura? Is yeah, it starts with an yeah. S. I know that. And then <laughs> Sasuke and, like, Sakura, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Jesus Christ. What has this devolved into? Uh, so the topic God. today is AMVs. <laughs> <laughs> Anime I do of the actually year. think we should do a topic on that kind of thing, but not tonight. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, uh, y'all, it's almost, it's almost 2019. Wild. Thank fucking God. I am <laughs> so done with this year. It's fucking same. But, so, if, in case you haven't noticed, uh, it's a, it's the time of the year where folks uh, kind of wrap up the year. And, uh, like I said, the website has been running around in uh, end-of-the-year content for a little over a week now. And uh, this is our, I don't want to say Game of the Year podcast, because that implies something that we're just not going to do, but it is our end of the year video games palling around episode. Um, a year in review, if you will. 
Um, and that's why Andrew is here. Because to start us out, I kind of want to... Oh, actually, before I do this. Damn it, this was a good intro, too. Oh, well. Um, quick housekeeping. Aside from Monty, go, now going by Monty, I use they, them pronouns, so adjust accordingly. Um, but anyway, back to the thing. Um, yeah, I kind of want to talk about game, like the idea of Game of the Year and like how it's covered and like what its purpose is and like what the fun of it is. Um, and then kind of like, you know, what we all think of it and how we would want to see things maybe be different or that kind of thing. And Andrew's here because he loves him some Game of the Year content. I do. I do. And it's like, yeah. it's, <clears throat> it's starting to turn into a guilty pleasure and it kind of sucks. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I like the debate of it, but at the same time, like, the internet's rough, man. People care way too much about this shit. I feel like that was like an Onion article, like, white man likes debate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, I love you. (laughs) Anyway, it was Uh, nice being on the episode, thank you very much. No, Uh, Yeah, this is going to be the first, like, fucking broadcast divorce ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I I want Bruce Monday through Friday. I mean, I think at this point it's been short enough where it can just be annulled. Mm. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> womp so, womp. <laughs> so I guess, Andrew, so go, okay, so like, because I was talking to someone earlier, like right before we started recording, and we were kind of talking about like, what the value of like having a definitive list of any kind when it comes to games is, especially when it's at like a gaming outlet of any kind that has a staff of like more than one. Like what, what is the... Um, like, what is the entertainment value of seeing people, like, argue over these games and, like, try to pick, like, what's the best for whatever category and stuff? I think for me, like, as far as the entertainment value goes, is I'm really bad at paying attention to indies beyond being like, oh, that looks cool. I'd like to play that, but never actually buying it and playing it. Um, uh, Jessica and Caitlin have both given me a very hard time of being a AAA bitch. Um, Yep. And I am. I, I'm. Um, and that's actually one of the nice things about uh, being friends with Caitlin is she yells at me for playing AAA games and tells me to play indie games more. Um, but so like I get that out of it is like okay I never heard about this like for example for the actual like game awards this year like Return of the Obra Dinn was kind of came out of nowhere I literally never heard of it until the nominees were announced so now that's on my radar. So for me, it's kind of a discovery tool. Will I play Return of the Overden? Let's be real, probably not. Um, but I know what it is now. Um, if I see it on sale, I might pick it up, as opposed to have never had... If I saw it on sale and never heard of it, I probably wouldn't even give it a second look. Um, but I've started to move away from like the traditional categories of like game of the year, sound design, acting. But like Those are boring to me. I like weird categories. Like They're more fun. Um, cause I feel like people don't take them as seriously. Um, so it's hard for me to really enjoy traditional game of the year content. And it's nice to see some outlets kind of moving away from that, but I don't think enough are. And the, except especially the big ones aren't in any meaningful way. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, shout out to waypoint. Cause theirs is the only one that I've seen that's been kind of different. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Sam, what do you, like, what has been your kind of relationship with, um, game of the year coverage and stuff 
So with every year when Game of the Year comes up, I absolutely love when people tear like each other apart on the internet. It's <laughs> <laughs> like like I wish I wasn't like oh. Josie's actually choking on wine. Are you okay? Oh my god, I'm dying. I just please no. I don't oh want to be god. the reason. No. I just I just spat wine now all Bru- over my boobies and the floor. Now Bruce is drinking it. Uh, you know what? You guys keep talking. I'm just gonna grab a quick towel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. It's just die. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, no, I so. For the last couple of years, or really few years, really, I haven't been really into, like, story-filled gaming. I've just been really playing, like, League or just, like, a whole bunch of, like, online gaming. So I wasn't really into the community of, like, these really story-rich games. It's like, oh, this beautiful music, it definitely deserves an award. Like, oh, this, like, story setting deserves a beautiful award. So it's like, I wasn't really into it. So really I kind of lived for like people kind of shitting on each other and it's just like wow these people have very articulate ways of like saying shit to each other like it gave me pointers to how to like talk to other people it was great but (laughs) (laughs) but this year uh, it's a little bit more different I dived into back into indie games um not so much triple a games because I'm a pc gamer but I started to play like, was it, what was the first indie game that I bought this year? I bought Crossing Souls, and that was, like, a Devolver game, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So, it was, this year was the big year of me paying attention to the game of the year, and still, I still was into, like, that gossipy stuff. I'm like, okay, who's talking shit about who? But, yeah, I think it's gonna change next year. Maybe I'll be more into, like, the actual categories, kind of like what Andrew was talking about before, but for now, I'm still kind of living for, like, shit talking. It's great. <laughs> so I guess sure. I'll ask you that same I know you said like okay so it kind of is it like is it like watching reality TV or something like that Monty like what sort of like I draw? can yeah so like I can definitely respect what people say sometimes like when they're really passionate it does come off as aggressive um, I don't want it to like put it off as like these people are just calling each other dumb like no some of these articles and some of like these comments on like Facebook and other stuff, they can be super, super detailed and really, really like informative. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like a reality TV show. It's like a nerdy show. I don't know. I should name it something. I'll think of something later. <laughs> okay. And then I guess, I guess Jess is still probably uh, wine wiping. No, I killed her. No, no I, I killed am her. back. I am uh, sticky but alive. <laughs> Which is That's the, the title. Sex tape. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say the title of my memoir, but sex tape's cool too. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, this is the thing that makes you leave? Really? <laughs> sex in my house? What <laughs> do you think this is? Oh, no. Nobody this said anything sex, about sex. That was you. Sex on sex oh, wait, on no, my Christian podcast. We did say sex tape. Uh, <laughs> can we rename the podcast to My Christian Podcast? <laughs> oh Damn, I'm gonna God. have to resubmit it to iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> we only talk about Christianity and America's boyfriend Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Oh, the God. demographic of that would literally be people like my mom. It's going to be great. <laughs> the number one podcast choice of moms everywhere. Oh, my God. Sometimes we talk about Matchbox 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, no. Um. Okay, but Jess, what are your feelings on the goaties? Okay, so it stresses me the fuck out, man. Uh, <laughs> I, what are my feelings on uh, game of the year debates? I don't know. I just feel like I- I'm one of those people who's like incredibly wishy-washy and subjective anyway. Like I can go into something being like, this is my argument. I am, I am unwavering. This is how I feel. And then somebody says something and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's totally right. Let's do that. <laughs> so like for me, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Like I like hearing different people's viewpoints. I think that sometimes it's a bit too contentious for me. I'm, I'm not really about conflict at all. <laughs> uh, I tend to kind of go the other way. I'm not really about definitive lists either. You know what, you, what I think it would be cool? And this is like my ideal like game of the year format is like, you know how when you go to bookstores and like music stores, they have that section where it's like a whole bunch of people's names and like they pick out their recommended book. Oh, like or staff the, picks. Yeah, like staff picks. Yeah. I think that shit's cool. Like, because yeah. then it's like, you know, everybody has like their own little say and I feel like it's not lumping a whole bunch of opinions together and making all these people with different lives and different opinions and different backgrounds like you know say definitively these are the ones that are good yeah i i agree with that i think lumping it under like the brand's name yeah is kind of meaningless like i don't care what this like (laughs) faceless machine says i want to know what these people think i want to know what their connections are to these games and these stories and like i know like there's sites that'll be like this is our number one game of the year and like somebody will write a short blurb but like I don't want a paragraph. I mean, and like media, it's like there's there aren't things that are objectively good. I mean, I guess you can say there are things that are higher quality than others. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, even then, that's kind of a weird debate to get into. There aren't things that are objectively better. So overcooked to- too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Um, So to kind of have like this argument over what is objectively the best, it's just kind of meaningless arbitrary whatever you want to say um so i don't know i just feel like it's better when you don't pretend that 20 different people can come together and come up with a list of 10 things and that's it and rather like you know oh i really agree with what this person says nine times out of ten like that's another thing is like the people who get mad at fucking ign being like no like this wasn't objective enough you had somebody on this who doesn't like like that's they're reviewers they're humans like everybody, you know, I like it ultimately comes from people who, who are going to have different biases and different backgrounds. Like just own that and like let me find the personalities who I agree with and like and and like promote their you know, allow them a space to kind of talk about their feelings. That's what I want. Yeah, for sure. I feel like forgive me y'all, I'm gonna talk about waypoint a lot today. Um but what you've been saying kinda reminds me of two things that have come up in waypoint just kind of generally um and like of course i'm gonna forget the second one immediately after saying that but i'll go to the first one then so like what you were talking about with like comparing i think an issue for me and i talked about it in the okb's discord back when we were all kind of talking about what we were planning for game of the year coverage like i find it incredibly weird and difficult to compare something like say, like, Into the Breach or Oberdin or whatever with something like Red Dead Redemption 2. 
Like, yeah, there's not. You can't like it's. You can't. You can't do it. And like, I don't know. I struggle because like, oh, I remember, and it ties in. So the other thing, like Patrick Klepek has talked a lot about this year about like, especially like with his Spider Man review and his God of War review, like how hearing other perspectives after he did the review helped him, like, kind of think and how, like, discourse and essays and stuff should kind of be, like, living documents and living, like, pieces of media that, you know, like, the more you talk about them and the more different perspectives you kind of get, the, like, more you can think about things from outside of your own perspective, especially if you're, like, you know, like, Patrick is a cis white head dude, like, he, you know, is coming from a very specific place and, like, he's has a lot of blind spots which like everybody does like every single person has blind spots spots not spots um spots spots spots. sounds like a gross word i don't know what that is (laughs) i gotta look it up but yeah continue sorry (laughs) but um like so i don't know i like the idea of like sitting down and talking about the games that have come out this year in a critical way. And so, like, I really liked what Waypoint did as far as, like, they had these podcasts where, like, on top of, like, for every game of their list that, like, for, for every game that showed up across their top ten lists, they, like, had a podcast specifically for that game. And then on top of that, because a lot of them had games that didn't show up on anybody else's list, they did, like, two-on-two kind of, like, going through their list and interviewing each other about the games and stuff. And I think that's really cool. But I would like to see, like, if I had more time and bandwidth, I think it would be really cool. Kind of like what Irrational Passions did last year, where, like, devoting a a podcast to a game, but talking about it from, like, the perspective of folks who liked it and folks who didn't. Or, like, even if they did like it, who had, like, more criticisms of it and, like, working through those in a constructive way as opposed to, like, screaming at each other. Because I know, like... Like, like, the thing that happened with Giant Bomb and Abby, right? Where, like, she brought up the fridging thing in God of War and got screamed over. And then on top of that, had a bunch of shitty gamer dudes come at her in the comments. And she even said in that video, like, I know I'm about to get my throat jumped down for saying this. Like, I think there needs to be more room for that. Um, And I think that's what I would like to see more of. Um, That's kind of what I've been trying to do with, like, the little letters that we've been doing. But, like, you know, I'm one person with you know, a set number of pals who are willing to do shit for me for free. So, like, eh, we do what we can, but... No, I mean, I I agree with Patrick um, and what you're saying as well, because, like, when I finished God of War, I remember tweeting, like, saying, oh, wow, like, they, like, so Tony Santa Monica and Corey Barlark, like, you guys really did something special. And as I've distanced myself from finishing God of War, I think that's less of the case. Um my feelings on God of War have changed very drastically after talking to people and then sitting back and looking at um, the game as a whole, as opposed to um, being right out of that, like, you know, post-game, like, aura. You know, I, I've i talked to people who don't like it. I've talked to people who really do like it. And, yeah, I found my enjoyment of it a little bit less. I think that's important, um, especially with reviews that are released, you know, back in April, you know, you don't have the same feelings you do in December. You change. Something I would love to see kind of going off that, because we were talking about, like, ways that, you know, rather than just sitting here criticizing how Game of the Year content is made, like, talking about different ways you could do it that might mm-hmm. be more enjoyable, <clears throat> I think it'd be really cool to do, like, a few episodes where you go back and you, like, 
maybe not necessarily reread on the podcast because that seems like that would be tedious and time consuming, but like go back and look over the reviews that you wrote on that on your site or on your platform <clears throat> and uh, kind of talk about how your feelings are now. I feel like there, you know, I already talked a little bit about how like objectivity is such a huge thing in reviews and media, stuff like that. And I feel like another thing is like once you you have this opinion, like people kind of expect you like, oh, that's their opinion on it. And they, they defend it. And like, there's that, you know, like righteousness there. But I mean, we're all growing and changing. A lot of the people who said that stuff about uh, God of War back in March, like not a lot, but maybe 25% might have completely different opinions now. Yeah. Like, and I think that's something that maybe we should as humans is it just reflect on more. It'd be interesting to kind of hear people talk about how those have changed over the course of the year. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I think more of that should happen. I just think, unfortunately, with some of the, you know, the people in the community, especially in the industry, um, they're not willing to change. Well, the gamers, really, not people who actually do journalism, but um, gamers they just kind of people. <laughs> they go to prison, <laughs> all of you. But it's just like they they embed these games into their personality and they make it a part of them. So it's really hard for them to hear like, well, you know, this, this thing wasn't really good. And it could be absolutely true. Like with God of War, I've heard many, you know, very like worshiping like things about it and many like, you know what, it's an okay game sort of thing. But people who absolutely love the game, they just, they build a wall and they do not accept any criticism of it at all because it's so embedded into their personality. And I think that's the one issue with journalism. I think some journalists might be scared of going back to it because then some people would be like, oh, well, you're such a hypocrite. And it's just like, no. We just change, but they aren't willing to see that. Well, it's like, even with how we treat, you know, like, okay, your family members, okay, the people who you're around constantly, like, you can love them to death, but you can also know, like, oh, they do this thing that's really fucking annoying that I can't stand. And it's like, <clears throat> why don't we treat the other things that we enjoy that way? <laughs> you yeah, know? no, seriously, like, yeah, yeah. Th there's such a wall that goes up. Like, I mean, like, Monty, that's pretty, like, I know that's what you're saying, but it, it's true. There's such a wall. It's like, that's the reason why with Abby, those people jump down her throat. It's like, oh my god, you're attacking this thing that I love. It's like, rationality for how much white men love the term ration like rationality uh it just it just jumps like it's it's abandoned ship like the second that there's an attack made it just turns into this you know you're completely against me you you're attacking what i believe in you're attacking what i love and it's like the argument doesn't reach those ears yeah I think, seriously i think this year we had a really really interesting like case almost a case study of all of this in red dead redemption 2 Mm. Um, leading up to Red Dead Redemption, everyone's like, oh, this is going to be game of the year. Like, no questions asked. Like, a few people were like, no, God, I mean, God of War is going to be tough to beat. But a lot of people were like, Red Dead's going to blow it out of the water. Don't even worry about it. And when Red Dead came out, it was insanely divisive. But I, like, as far as, like, big outlets, I never saw anyone stand up and say, like, hey, this game's not good. Like, it's boring. I've heard spatterings of it here and there and people alluding to it, but nobody, like, making an outright claim that, hey, this game is boring and not fun, like they did for God of War, where they said, this game's amazing. And it's like, you don't want to be negative on games that have that much hype, and I think that's part of the problem, too. Um, and that's a, that's a problem with the industry in general. Um, if you look at Game of the Year, and even the Game Awards, 
It's kind of like the inverse of the the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards every year, Best Picture is nominated, and it's all these art like these you know more highbrow films, right? And what's nominated for Game of the Year for the Game Awards is the run-of-the-mill Ubisoft Activision EA games, you know? Mm-hmm. And you see the same stuff every year, and no one's standing up. Well, like I said, especially this year with Red Dead, nobody stood up and said, hey, guys, this game is not great. And yeah. uh, but I heard it from a lot of people. Like, a lot of people were well, like, like I, I couldn't like, get into pe- it. Yeah, people, I mean, I don't know how many tweets I saw about, like, wow, this game is really slow, and there are things that seem really, like, overly complicated and drawn out. And, it, but, but like like you said, everybody was too scared to throw out anything that would, uh, defin- like, that would make them seem definitively down on the game. Gamers rise up. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> yeah. This is well, it. I this guess- is the last episode I'm on. <laughs> between the sex and this it's just too much um but i guess the thing about this conversation that's kind of resonating with me a lot is just like there's this continued like dichotomy in gaming culture between games are art treat them as art games are so serious and special and different from other mediums like even with your academy awards comparison andrew like talking about last year's game awards when joseph ferris was on and he did the whole fuck the academy awards like fuck the oscars thing and like there's such this like needy little whiny bitch thing of like treat video games serious they're not just for kids but then at the same time like when you do want to treat them as art and you do want to treat them as pieces of like cultural media these fucking crybabies come out of the woodwork and like refuse to have any sort of like criticism or analysis or, meaning, or like or meaningful conversations yeah yeah and it's incredibly frustrating and especially too like it's like and i mean like you're right about the the industry at large and it just sucks because there's such a weird political line that people have to walk especially after a gamer gate where it's like is it worth it to be brigaded like yeah and it depends i think in some cases it absolutely is but i don't i don't envy folks who have to make that decision no, especially on a daily basis. But Yeah, I mean, there are a thousand hills to die on right now, and it's the same five people repeatedly going up and dying on them. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, going to, like, your video game is this art thing, I think when gamers stop trying to convince everyone else that video games are art, then we'll actually find a good spot. Because it, you're right, it's just them screaming video games are art, but they're doing it so obnoxiously, and like majority of the people are absolute garbage that no one takes them seriously. So as soon as we stop trying to convince the world that video games are art should be taken seriously, I think we'll have reached a point where it the world can't take us seriously. Well, and it's uh, it's so fucking ridiculous because like everything to a degree that the media is art, like even like trashy TV shows and like the most absolute garbo like run-of-the-mill fps like is a piece of art is it a good piece of art that's kind of up to you but like anything that people made and had an intention of eliciting some kind of like response from is fucking art so like just get over it yeah yeah 
I'm gonna bring it back to the game of the year stuff and also just like adding on to the the game as art thing. It's just I think it's really dangerous only because I know Andrew talked about it before like some games get overshadowed and like over at game of the year like things will come up and like okay that's on my radar sort of thing. Um, this this whole conversation of game as art I, I don't like and especially when they're saying like it's a serious art it should be taken serious because then we uphold like this weird pedestal of what a game should be that's considered art and like anything that's not on that pedestal is just like complete garbage so it's like uh, like I've dealt with it before um, talking about games because I I'm not a big fan of triple A games I'm sorry but when I bring up like these indie games they, they're not you know they're not these amazing graphics and like these 60 hour games they're just like oh well that's like kind of like a baby game and it gets overshadowed because of that it's like so it really Caitlin, sucks like i'm 99.9 percent .9 sure caitlin like you tweeted this within the last like 48 hours but like photorealism does not equate to like a good art direction in a game <laughs> mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. did tweet that because i have been so bitter all week well yeah because it's like i'm so fucking tired of seeing like like, it's just, we, we talked about this a little bit in, uh, God, what podcast was it? Was We've it like, only done, mm -mm. this is the fourth one, so we really shouldn't be forgetting already. No, but I, I couldn't remember if it was on Kiss Kiss Game Game. But we talked a little bit about, no, it was on this podcast. I don't know, man. Okay, anyway, <laughs> uh, we talked about, like, how, like, masturbatory, to bring up another sex term that might make Monty uncomfortable. <laughs> um, like, having, like, these big, big worlds and, like the the super like high quality graphics uh yeah that was the first episode yeah it was it was the first episode you're right um because it was like weird time i read dead and stuff um but like that becomes synonymous with like a good game it's always like i can't wait till the last of us 2 because it's gonna be so beautiful and even bigger and like assassin's can't wait to watch those lesbians die <laughs> no <laughs> oh, i mean no. yeah right no that's no at least at least 50% of the lesbians will be dead in that game. Out of the two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, there could be more, but I would bet the 50% are dead by the end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just want to say real quick, Monty, how dare you attack me personally by saying you're not a AAA gamer. <laughs> that, is, okay. that is me as a person. You have offended me. Oh, yeah. I'm getting, like, war flashbacks from high school from, like, guys <laughs> telling me that, like... I'm not a real gamer. I remember specifically this one fucking kid. Fuck this guy. But, like, he, <laughs> he, like, he was just asking about, like, games that I play. And I was like, oh, like, I'm playing this. Like, I played Final Fantasy, which is, like, really fucking popular. But he's just like, oh, that shit? Like, you don't play Call of Duty? You're not a real gamer. I'm like, what the fuck is this conversation? Gamer, you're a weeb. <laughs> what the no, fuck? No, I had the same fucking thing happen, uh, what, like, a year ago. Uh, when I took a game design or like game development class um, and we had like just I mean over the course of the, the semester lots of different discussions about gaming but there was one time that we were all going around and like talking about our favorite games and like what kind of inspired us to want to take this class and like you know make a game uh, and I remember there are like so many guys who said like oh grand theft auto 5 is my favorite game or like just like things like you like how i put on my dude voice for that grand theft auto 5 that's what we all sound like that's what they all sound like uh that is literally what every man sounds like so. wow rude uh, <laughs> you but... literally just sounded like that right now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
You proved um, my point in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> oh my god. That's Caitlin's memoir. <laughs> um, but we got into this whole discussion because maybe I probably said mine was Final Fantasy VII because you know me. Um, but I said that I really just didn't care for Rockstar games and like I had no desire to like ever play like Grand Theft Auto V. So, and like I remember one of the guys turned around and was like, so you haven't even played it? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, I feel like you can't really have an opinion then. <laughs> oh, like, man. Okay, just like, all right. Okay. Okay, my guy, well, as soon as you play the game where men are murdered for their money every other fucking second, which, that's just video games. Cool, Dudes are just cool with awful shit, is the moral. Yeah. It's true, we but, are. Um, but kind of going back to Monty's point, that was, um, it kind of touches on my other waypoint point, um, which is... <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I think it was the. I think it was their Into the Breach podcast that they did. I think it came out today. Um, they talked about like, or it might have been Austin's and Natalie's like conversation about their lists or whatever. But at some point, at any rate, Austin was talking about the fact that like judging games based on their polish, like their quote unquote polish, is kind of like it's shitty and it's fucked up and it shows like. The disparity of resources that a lot of developers have because like polish is absolutely a function of like having money and having time and having resources and like if you don't have that like it's again it's like you can't compare fucking the gardens between to red dead like you can't yeah well, do it's like it if, it's like and if that you gave oh so you know, go ahead go ahead <laughs> oh well i'm just like like that, like the Gardens Between. I wrote a love letter about that game. That game's a really fucking good game, and it doesn't need to be compared to Red Dead to be good. And that's like, like what Monty was saying. Where like indie games, I do think it's a dangerous precedent to like hold up. Like when I say games is art, I do literally mean like everything that you consume is art because that's what art is. But like the notion in gaming community of oh, a God of War is art because it's pretty, by which I mean it's photorealistic and the same thing for Red Dead Redemption, is, like, fucking garbage. And it's a dangerous precedent, absolutely, because, like, games that are really good and simple and, like, that have art styles that aren't necessarily pretty but are, that are like, interesting is, like, it's just completely cutting those out of the conversation. Like, if you're having that conversation, then games like Speed Dating for Ghosts and Heaven Will Be Mine and 1870 Cyberpunk, like, none of those get to be talked about because, like, they're not photorealistic. I think they're, I think, I think talking about what Austin said, obviously, I haven't listened to the Into the Breach podcast, um, but, I mean, as far as, you know, resources equal polish, I feel like that's not super accurate because you have games like Fallout 76 that exist. Um, and but you have by the, and large. but no, and I agree, but like, I think it's more of, I think it's more of photorealistic graphics are a product of resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, it's, I think, I think it's referring polish, more to like polish as like looking like a God of war. Okay. Got it. Okay. I thought you meant like polish is like a overall product. Cause I was like, Fallout 76 is trash and Bethesda is one of the biggest studios in the world. So yeah, no, I think okay, polish I'm just, is more as in like getting to look like big and quote unquote beautiful. Okay. Gotcha. As okay. opposed to like you know, being quality. Because that's the issue, yeah. right? Like, there's a lot of things that are small in quality versus, like, yeah, Fallout 76, for, by all accounts, is a fucking trash fire. Yeah, okay, I'm just, okay, that, yeah, I, I'm I'm much more okay, obviously, like, I'm no person to argue with Austin Walker, but I'm much more okay with the idea <laughs> of that, um, with that being the, the idea behind it. Okay, gotcha, cool. 
Yeah, I mean, all I was going to say when when you were talking, Caitlin, was just, like, it's the equivalent of having, like, a class of 25 kids and pulling aside two of them and giving them a piece of paper and a pencil and saying, make something, and, like, letting the other 23 have an art studio. And, like, saying, okay, now which one's going to impress me? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and especially because, like, again, I don't think that, like, God of War, yeah, they look like real people. Red Dead, they look like real people. And I'm sure, like, the nature scapes in those games, like, from what I've seen from, like, I played God of War to completion, and, like, I've seen enough screenshots and stuff from Red Dead to acknowledge, like, yeah, like, the natural scenes in those games are very pretty because they look like real life. But, like, that's not interesting because that's what every game does. That's what Horizon did. That's what these games did. Like, that's what Assassin's Creed Odyssey tried to do. Like... It's it's repetitive and it's boring. And it's like I would much rather see games that are playing with cell shading and hand drawing and like doing weird, fucked up, interesting stuff that's like doing something. Yeah. As opposed to well, and like and like what a notion of beauty is. Like, why is what I can see out my window like beautiful for art? Like, I get that there's like you know landscape paintings exist, but like there's something to be said for having different ideas of what beauty can look like. Well, and even, you know, landscape paintings exist, but, like, there's also just different ways to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't it always be... have to be an oil painting. It can be, it could be watercolor. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. What would be sick <clears throat> would be, like, a very, you know, very Hungry Caterpillar, that, like, yeah. that book. Oh, yeah. If, if I could get a three-hour game with that art style, I'd be, that would be my, that would be my goatee, definitely. I, and... I think I always run into this with first person shooters specifically. Um, you know, I have like coworker, for example, like my coworkers all know I play video games. Like I'm the, I'm, I'm the re- like resident nerd at my job. They all know that. And one of my coworkers came up to me. He's like, Hey, you're going to get battlefield five. I'm like, no, he's like, Oh, Oh, I thought you played games. I'm like, I mean, I, I do. That's just like, that one's not for me. He's like, Oh, and I was like, what did you play? He's like, did you play battlefield four? I'm like, I don't like, realistic shooters to me like to me they're all samey um and that's why with first person shooters i play like overwatch and borderlands i i like the more cartoony aspect because it's more interesting to me um having you know bullet drop and all this shit that you know makes up the call of duties and the battlefields every year it just that doesn't appeal to me i want something diverse and fun and yeah yeah there's still like borderlands and overwatch are still made by huge studios and obviously first person multiplayer games have to be made by huge studios to run those servers but still like i it applies to everything like i don't want to play the same game and i'm starting to i'm starting to get burnt out on these photorealistic games um i want something i want something more fantastical like i don't want to play camping simulator which is what red dead seemed to be you know, I want to fucking, I want to go and explore crazy cool worlds. I don't want the same shit over and over. So. That doesn't sound very real gamer of you. I know. <laughs> yeah, what kind of boy. triple A, what kind of triple A bitch are you, Andrew? Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm becoming more picky. Um, Like this year, everyone was like, oh, this is one of the best years for gaming. Like this could top 2017. Fuck, dude, 2017, I still think, is a better year because everybody, everybody was banking on Red Dead being so good that 2018 was going to be a better year. Was 2018 a good year for games? Hell yeah, it was. 
um but everyone was like red dead's coming out god of war and like those were the only two games being talked about but last year we had like think of what you want about horizon we had horizon we had near we had persona we had um Mario, Mario, we had Zelda, we had, I mean, we had we had Wolfenstein, <laughs> we have we had Assassin's Creed Origins, which is considered by many the best Assassin's Creed at the time. Like we had so much more last year, but at the don't like, you this year, dare leave out Night in the Woods, Andrew Coxwell. <laughs> I'm sorry, Night in the Woods. Um, I'm talking about triple A's. That's what you asked about, or Monty asked about. Um, but um i don't know y'all sound the same um anyway um, wow. <laughs> Ooh, i'll have to do i'll have to do like a side by side to see <laughs> but like i this year like i'm just i wasn't as into it like i like the summer months were boring anybody who thinks that 2018 was better than 2017 you know how i, I talked about objectivity so much you're just fucking objectively wrong yeah no <laughs> the, like full stop like 2017 was a fucking year for games yeah like just no comparison yeah. like really yeah really really yeah, <laughs> yeah. i would take so I, think- I would i would take persona 5 over every any any game that came out this year yeah, so I think this is a good point because we're kind of getting there anyway to, like, kind of transition to, like, the next segment where, like, we kind of talk about, yeah, like, our relationship with, you know, this year and just kind of generally because I think, like, how you're experiencing life does factor into, like, how you play games and stuff. Um, But, too, like, yeah, like, the games of this year, like, I don't, I, this is not a game of the year show, but I do want to talk about 2018 games. Um. So if we kind of want to move into that, Jess, if you want to finish your thought on, like, or I guess, Andrew, you were talking about Persona, but, like, if y'all want to kind of get into, like, your feelings on the year and then, like, how it affected your the games you played and what games you liked and stuff. Yeah, um, I set out at the beginning of the year and, um, to make a list of every new piece of media I consumed, so book, um, game, movie, album, um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be from this year. It just has to be one I had never experienced before or had never finished all the way. Um, and so for 2018, I finished 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games to completion. Oh my which, fucking God. Jesus. He's a nerd. Okay, but to be fair, some of the, like, I have Butterfly Soup and Florence on there in a way out. Like, they're not all triple A's. Um. Can you, Okay. I can't Ryan. believe that you played Butterfly Soup this year because our Kiss Kiss Game at Game episode was this fucking year. I know, right? Isn't that dumb? Like, it's I tweeted earlier today. It's I'm been a decade. Horrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's the list? Can you read it real yeah, quick? Yeah, so uh, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole, because I'm a boy, um, <laughs> Butterfly Soup, Nino Kuni Hell 2, yeah. Revenant Kingdom, um, God of War, Florence, A Way Out, Rayman Legends, Monument Valley, Donut County, Spider-Man, Slime Rancher, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. So, there's quite a few mo- smaller games in there, including some mobile games. Um, and there's actually quite a few indie games, more than there would be probably any other year. Out of all these games, my favorite one was probably an indie game. Thank God, my work here is done. Slime Rancher, I think I had the most fun playing this year. <gasps> Slime Rancher is so good. How that's have we like never talked the, about this? That's the one game I'll be mindless, and I will play it for hours, days, yes. weeks. It's so good. I hate Farming Sims. I think Stardew Valley is boring. Harvest Moon is bad. But 
like slime rancher i got lost in like i've never gotten lost in a sim game like this that is before. like where we need to not be doing a podcast and we need a video because there should have just been a jessica cam as he was talking shit on stardew <laughs> and harvest moon because like my fists just clenched my my lips were just a line <laughs> it's true no, i've never been closer that arthur meme and the emoji with just a straight line for the mouth exactly yes. <laughs> no i mean slime ranger i had the most fun with it came out technically on pc last year but it came to consoles this year um so like it's very close to my game of the year for 2018 but like i guess i had the most fun with it um so i don't know like like i said i would take persona 5 which is, wasn't even my favorite game from last year i would take that over any game this year that i played so yeah That's, i i what? would definitely agree with that persona 5 is definitely fun so, Caitlin kind of had a, a two-parter to that question, which was, how do you think life and, like, your experiences this year, like, how did that lead to Slime Rancher being your favorite? I picked up Slime Rancher on a sale. It was, like, 25% off or whatever, and I had been eyeballing it for a while, but I didn't want to bite the bullet on it because I didn't know if I'd like it because I don't like sim games. Um, bought it, and I bought it about 15 to 20 hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I was like, I need a break. I need to, like, I'm just not, like, this is fun. I'm really digging Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but, like, I just need some space from this. It's intense. I've kind of hit a wall with, like, leveling up. I just want something fun and relaxing to play. And that turned into me playing a lot of Slime Rancher to the point where, like, I need one more trophy for the Platinum. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I played a lot of Slime Rancher. I need and... a soundboard. That's what I need. You really do. <laughs> you really do. Um, <laughs> and then and then I went back to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, I was expecting Time Rancher to be, like, a few hours of a, of a break, you know? But, no, it was, like, 30 hours later, I <laughs> I went back to the game I was trying to take a break from. So. Uh, I'm happy that you liked it so much. It is a very, very wonderful game. And the developers, too, are such nice people. They're crazy, crazy kind. Yeah, I started following them all on Twitter, and I'm like, I love all of you so much. Thank you for making this beautiful game with cat slimes. Um, <laughs> but no, like, it was just fun and relaxing, and I think I needed that. I mean, this year, is, especially the last half of this year, has been incredibly stressful for me um, on a personal level. So I just taking the time. And, like, I got Slime Rancher right after Jessica and I got married, which was incredibly stressful because playing a wedding is a nightmare. Nah, because uh, he married me. That's also true. Um, <laughs> so it was nice to just, like, veg out and just fucking let's farm some slime, you know? And I showed I believe it to it's Jessica's... a ranch. Oh, Sarah, ranch, ranch some slime. Ranch some slime. You're right. What you're he's right. saying is married life with me is so bad, <laughs> he would rather be a slime rancher. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, gonna buy you a bumper sticker that says "Would rather be slime ranching." <laughs> I will. I will put it in my car. I will. Um, but then I showed Jessica's little sisters, who are uh, 18, 10, and nine, and I showed them Slime Rancher, and they're all about Minecraft and Roblox and all those things I don't understand because I'm old. Um, and they loved it, and they're like, "Andrew, how do I do this? How do I do this?" And like, it was fun to interact with them on that level. Um, like I said, cause like we showed them Minecraft years ago and then they took off and watched YouTube videos as, you know, kids are wont to do. And they're like, I built a calculator. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> so it was cool to have that, that experience with them again. Um, 
that I haven't had in a while with them. Because, like, I'll try showing them games, and, like, they have very short attention spans for the most part, so it's, like, any sort of single-player game, they kind of tap out of pretty quickly. But Slime Rancher, they got really into. So that was fun, too. I'm getting Oh, God, I think it's just I'm getting old. <laughs> I think that's just the answer. I think that was just a long way to get there. I mean, to yeah. be fair, this year has been a decade, so all of us are now yeah. just fucking halfway in the grave. Well, I think I'm True. the oldest of the four of us, too. You so. are, yeah. 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 Oh. You're the old man. Gross. You turn 27 next year. Shut up. You're over the hill. <laughs> no, I'm not. Just start <laughs> estate stretch. planning now. <laughs> Yeah, figure out what you're going to leave behind for Caitlin and myself. Turn it on to you. I hate this. Now we need you, Andrew Cam. You agreed to come on here. You knew what was going to happen. I know. I just was talking about video games. Um, but yeah. So, I guess, yeah, hell yeah. That, that was a very... I was not expecting that answer, actually, so I'm very happy. Boom, gotcha. Yeah, fucking got him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Monty, what about you? How's 2018 been, and how has it affected your video games? Uh, all right. So I'm gonna talk like on a personal level first. Um, this is the year that I got into indie gaming again. I was really into indie gaming back in high school, uh, but then I fell out of it after I graduated. I started getting more into like MOBAs and MMOs and all of that. So like I kind of ignored a whole bunch of games because of that. So when I finally moved up to Boston, I was like, oh, I, I need something new. So. With video games this year, I started keeping more of, like, an eye out or, like, seeing what's online and going to PAX and, like, other conventions to see, like, what is going on um, really helped with that. And I was very happy about it. But uh, I didn't play many, many games this year only because just a lot of the games that my friends talk about or the people that I know are more of, like, PlayStation people and I'm PC. So um, for me... My game of the year was actually a game that Caitlin is having me write about, um, which is very exciting. That's why I was very excited when they asked me to do it. I was like, oh, yes. But yeah, my game was a way out, and it mostly has to deal with feelings of like how I felt before. Um, again, I'm very used to MMOs and just anything online-based, and having just like a one other co-op person and like playing it with someone like right next to me was something that brought me back when I was playing games with my younger brother. So that was really, really, really nice. And yeah, it's that that game was like, what, like 10 hours long and the ending is crazy. And uh, it's, it's just so good. It's a very I, good game. I love that. I love that. Cause like you said, you're like, you're like a MOBA MMO person to go from a lot of people to just one other person like that that's a big change and i think I, I like that you brought that up that's really cool and the fact that it reminds you of playing with your brother that's awesome yeah, yeah it just felt like really intimate and really nice and uh, if i could like get that feeling back again from like other games i would like play them all the time but let me again... tell you about overcooked 2 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh man, I played the first one with uh, some college friends around here, and the game was uh, really sweaty. It was just so sweaty to get around. (laughs) 
but like in a good way, you know? It felt like exercise. It was so wild. I know. (laughs) It's great. God. I overcooked the original will always have a very special place in my heart because it was like the first game I've gotten to play with my mom in like years. I think since like the first Guitar Hero came out. Oh my gosh. It was so great because like it was a very stressful experience because she's already like not familiar with controllers. And then that game is already like also super stressful. But like it was really fun and like it was nice to have her like enjoy the experience even though she was like that was so stressful. Like <laughs> like she still talks about it and it's so nice cuz like we got to have that moment together even though like it was incredibly stressful. <laughs> That's really sweet. Oh my gosh. That is. That's very sweet. Yo, moms and games, it's good. Gotta work and take a lesson, you know? Oh my gosh. (laughs) My mom bought a PlayStation 4 for her and her husband for Christmas because she missed playing Crash Bandicoot so much. Oh, that's so neat. And she was very proud of herself because she bought the PlayStation, got it home, set it all up, made a PlayStation account, and downloaded a game from the PSN all by herself without any help, which is baffling if you know my mom <laughs> hell yeah and that's she was amazing. so proud she's like i got spyro on sale that's so cute that's so cute but yeah moms and games man <laughs> moms and games uh so jess what about you what was what was 2018 like and how did that affect your games and your gaming 2018 was an abyss in a word. <laughs> uh, so obviously, my game of the year is Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I can't believe. Wow. Uh, just fucking kidding. <laughs> this is the uh, moment where Jess and top 10 anime betrays all of us. <laughs> That's actually what I've been doing. I've been lying to all of you and I'm like, no, I'm too busy to play games. And I've just been fucking like just locked myself in a cave and just being a cowboy. Well, earlier Monty was like, not in my house. Literally, not in my house. Not in my house. We do not have Red Dead Redemption 2. No, that's like one thing that I'm like stoked on is like Andrew and I, when it comes to games, I feel like we agree like pretty, pretty fully with the exception of a couple. South Park. <laughs> uh... And, uh, yeah, so, like, when, it, it wasn't, like, this thing where I had to, like, give Andrew the glary eyes walking around the house while he plays Red Dead, because he was also, like, on that, yeah, fuck that train. Uh, so that was cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, so this year, I didn't play very many games. And, actually, while we, while you guys were talking, I typed in to Google, Games 2018, and I'm looking <laughs> at the, the Google list of all the games that came out, and, like, I don't know, y'all. I am just really fucking underwhelmed. Like, that's the thing is, like, there were just no... Like, I feel bad about not playing games, but then I saw this list and I'm like, there were just really not a lot that I really cared about. Like, there were some that I'm like, okay, I would play that. Like, like, maybe I'll go back. But, like, there are so many other games that I care about so much more from other years that I I need to beat first. Speaking as somebody who, like, knows you and obviously, like, knows your game, like, what games you have, I think there's a few games you skip just because you just didn't get around to them that you would actually really like, Mm -hmm. but you're not motivated enough to actually go to them. But I think if you got into them, I think you would really like. Like what? Um, I think you would like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Just because you like comic books, mm-hmm. um, it has a good story as far as a comic book game goes. Yeah. Um, 
I have to think a little bit more, but I think there's some in there, like throughout the year. I I agree with you though. For the most part, 2018 yeah. is kind of underwhelming. I have like, um, lo- I like Loki have a document in my computer that's just like games I'm eventually going to force Jessica to play. <laughs> well, and like I think Night in the Woods we bought this year. That's another one that you would yeah. like. I know it came out last year. Um, Everyone needs Kate- to play that fucking game. <gasps> Do you know I played sh- it. I played it this year too. I know. It's I so watched good. you finish it. It was so good. Ah! The best moment of my entire life was watching Monty finish that game. And then she texted me. It was another moment of her texting me in all caps, "Bitch." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay, I'm looking at this list right now, and all I see is what could have been like- because. <laughs> <laughs> because you Why know you what should have you like, know what should have been my fucking game of the year what do you know what should have easily been my game of the year what Nino Kuni 2 oh yeah easily, that easily should have yeah. been my game of the year I should have been fucking like loving that like I should have been living that game I should be writing fan fiction about that game right now yeah. <laughs> that should be that should have been my fucking game and that was just not good underwhelming no. i mean just your um, real game of the year that you don't know what it is yet is absolutely heaven will be mine you cut out what was it oh it's, it's absolutely heaven will be mine oh like, yeah yeah that game is like i like i've never played a game that's simultaneously so me and so you all at once i i should play that soon yo it's on that. mobile now you can get it on <gasps> your phone oh shit well then it's i guess five dollars on your phone gonna buy it on my phone well like i you and caitlin started a way out earlier this year we did. i think if i think if you played through that you would at least like be like that was cool like, oh yeah I for think, sure I, yeah I, I, I liked it a lot from what yeah we've done. but like i said i think i think a lot of this year for you was like you i like i i mean you, you said it yourself like i wasn't you weren't motivated enough to actually play no. anything but i think like i said i think there's some things throughout the year that if you would have like if you would have you would have liked them but I, uh, I know what you mean. Monster Hunter was fun, but uh, multiplayer fl- frustrated. Frustrated. Uh, <laughs> multiplayer frustrated me. So I'm gonna be honest about that. You know, I I did have fun with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Hell that yeah. actually is probably the most enjoyable experience, maybe with a game I've had. Or or hear me out. Uh, and this is actually very fresh because I literally played it for the first time two days ago on Christmas. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Like. What's funny is Andrew and I are in that, like, pr- like well, we were in that pre-Christmas, like, we're super, super broke, like, let's not spend any money. Like, even though Smash came out, we didn't buy it because we were just like, eh, it's a fighting game. It's not like... We bought Soul Calibur and that was a mistake. I know, that was a mistake. Um, but we... That's because we they were... made Ivy not as thick this time. That's true. <laughs> made but we were trying to hold back on buying games and, uh... We, we didn't buy Super Smash. And then my sisters got it for Christmas and I went over to their house and uh, we played. And I just forgot how fun that game is and how much my family loves that game. Like my mom was in there. She had like prime rib in the oven and just kept, kept running into the living room to sit down and start playing. And like she, like my mom is actually the person who got me into video games. And I remember like she saw Link and she was like hovering over the characters, like, you know, refreshing herself on who everyone was. And she's like, oh, it's Dork. Because Dork is what she always like called Link in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so she was like sitting there playing Link and like having such a great time. And Erica like remembered that she's strangely really fucking good at Smash. And so like Erica was having an amazing time playing Villager, who's her main, which is bizarre. Yeah. It's um, a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a nightmare human. Uh, but 
No, we like we had so much fun. We were just cracking up. We played it like probably in the twenty four hours I was at my parents' house for like ten of it. Yeah. <laughs> like we like just switching off. Sometimes like it would just be one of my sisters playing World of Light, and we just kind of all watch and cheer her on. Like, and it was it was so good. And then uh, literally the next morning, uh, we went to Walmart and we actually traded in one of our games and got smashed. <laughs> so uh and and we played it today too yeah um, I, I think i have like 45 of the characters out of the 72 unlocked already and we got it yesterday yeah no it's Jesus. uh i really like smash bros guys <laughs> yeah, yeah no i had like kind of a similar experience honestly like i i've been on a weird train this year of like kind of just saying fuck it and buying games just to see which is like terribly irresponsible honestly mm-hmm. but like you know here we are you did that um, with uh, Vampire, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get to Vampire, Monty, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we go get to Vampire. Um, but I went, my friend bought Smash. Um, this is the same friend where, like, I split buying Mario Party with him. And we have, like, joint custody over Mario Party. Nice. Um, but And we've done that since we were in high school. Um, but... Uh, he bought Smash, and he uh, we were texting, and we were like, oh, well, we should hang out. And he was like, well, hey, I bought Smash, so, like, come over and play Smash. And I was like, okay, cool. And, like, while we were playing, I told him, like, you know, like, I'm having fun doing this, but I don't know if I'm going to buy it, because I don't, like, I feel like once I run out of single-player stuff, I don't know if I'm going to, like, keep caring about it. And I don't have, like, Smash Online, or, like, I don't have um, Nintendo Online or whatever, and, like, eh. So I actually, like, or, like, the more I thought about it afterwards, I was like, I really actually have, like, a genuinely good time with that game in a way that I did not expect to and that like was really for because I haven't actually played a Smash since like the Wii U one and I only like barely touched it just in like you know like local co-op like whatever the standard fighting mode was like I just like played that shit at parties it was not like it was not like a it was not like a game that I cared about right it was just something I did when I went over to a friend um but like playing it with my friend this time I was like and, like, we played through the, I don't know what it's called, but, like, the tapestry mode where you unlock characters, like... Oh, um, challenge mode. Yeah. Like, we played through that a bunch because, like, once we started playing after a couple rounds, I was like, I demand that we unlock Bayonetta. Like... <laughs> I was gonna ask, did you unlock Bayonetta? <laughs> we fucking unlocked Bayonetta. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but we played so much of it because we were trying to figure out, like, which character's story arc was gonna be the one that unlocked Bayonetta. And after, like, six times, I was like, I'm looking it up. Because I was like, I need to leave in like two hours and I refuse to not have unlocked Bayonetta. <laughs> Fair. Um, so I looked it up and we figured it out. But like, and then I got to play as fucking Bayonetta and it was rad and I loved it. And like, I want to like, uh, the further away I got from it, it was a really nice experience. Because like the further away I've gotten from most games, the less I've liked them. But the further away I got from this one, the more I liked it. Mm-hmm. Like you're and talking like, about it right now and I want to play. Yeah, that's all I want to do yeah. right now. Like I'm like this weekend when I get paid, like because I got money for Christmas and because I'm getting paid, like I'm going to buy that game and I'm going to buy Nintendo online. So like I can don't play buy with it. people and like, don't, don't, don't buy, buy Nintendo online. Talk to me first. Oh, oh, we, we have a network. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got, I got a family plan with an extra slot. So, oh, okay. Well then I'll, I mean, I'll take, I'll take you up on that. Um, <laughs> I'm telling but, Nintendo. <laughs> Mr. Nintendo, no! Miyamoto, stop listening. Go be a narc. <laughs> no cops allowed. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I really like it's. It's funny. Like I was not expecting to like have such a soft spot for that game, but like I really, really did, and I'm like excited to buy it and spend a lot of this weekend like unlocking shit and like 
playing with people. Yeah. No, same. Like, we, like, I feel like we had the exact same experience then because I was very similar. I was like, I'm not going to, like, this isn't going to be something that I'm going to play after the first week. I'm going to pull it out once every four months when I have friends over, you know? I'm like, so I just don't see the point in investing in that. But it, I, I don't it know. Helps, it we'll helps see. we literally got it for free. Yeah, true. Um, um, I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah. The only other games that I would like maybe shout out to kind of round up my thoughts on this year. I thought Florence was really great. Mm-hmm. I liked Florence a lot. Um, I played that a few weeks ago. That was pretty. Yeah. Then Caitlin told me I was a little bitch sort of about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was Caitlin like, true. Caitlin likes to ruin people's lives in love. <laughs> <laughs> I did not tell you you were a little bitch about it. I just said I didn't like it as much as most people did. Um, um, speaking of games that you didn't like as much as most people, I also played Celeste this year, and I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dead Cells and Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight I did not enjoy. Sorry, Moises. Love you. Um, oh my gosh. You played some sweaty games. I'm like slowly working <laughs> through Hollow Knight like on my own and I'm just like lost in the game. I'm like, oh shit. Moises was fucking right. Oh, I'm getting lost. Am I allowed to publicly shame Moises right now? I mean, yeah. Um, Please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Love you, babe. Sorry. The first time I played Hollow Knight was at <laughs> Extra Life. <laughs> at OK Beast Extra Life. Uh, in Colorado, and present was the lovely Caitlin and the lovely Moises, and I I started playing that, and I remember I was I like was just sitting oh, and Moises no I Moises drunkenly kind of kind of comes up to me and sits next to me and he's watching me play and that boy he loves his Hollow Knight and he's just trying to be helpful he's he's just trying to be a helpful boy. And he's like, did you know, and this is after I've been playing Hollow Knight for about two, three hours. It's like, did you know that if you hold down this button, you heal yourself? (laughs) And I looked over at him and I said, did you just after two hours of me playing this game, obviously encountering enemies and getting hurt and having to heal myself, ask me if I knew how to heal? (laughs) And uh, he like immediately like was like, wow, I did just mansplain, didn't I? <laughs> uh, but I actually, yeah, he did. He totally did, uh, which is why he's a good boy. Uh, but no, I actually really like Hollow Knight. I need to play it more. It was fun, though. Uh, Moises is much better at video games than me. Literally every game, he's like, oh, this was my game of the year. I'm like, wow, because you're a sadist. <laughs> like, what, last year it was, like, near, and I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I need to go back to near at some point. Do you? you? Just, yeah, I do. Um, no, no, I need to no, see the I mean, Simone de Beauvoir fucking robot, Andrew. I need to see her. No, I, I also like Nier. It's just like he likes games that are legitimately kind of painful. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I mean, uh, Hollow Knight was, was fun. Uh, what was it? So Florence. Okay. Uh, don't kill me, but the gameplay of God of War, I really enjoyed. It's not, it's, I haven't finished it. I know, I know, I know, okay? I love the throwy axe. It makes me feel like Thor. (laughs) I mean, fair. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's all I'm going to say about God of War. Good. Uh, I, I was busy this year. Like I said, not enough, like, stuck out at me to where, like, I really felt compelled to actually play anything also in a universe where overwatch exists are you really gonna spend time playing any other games literally no game overwatch was game of the year 2018 (laughs) (laughs) 
They got new uh, characters. It's still ongoing. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. If Austin Walker can make No Man's Sky next his game of the year for the third year in a row, like, fucking whatever. That, um, that you, I'm glad you brought up No Man's Sky. Can I, can I talk about it for, like, two seconds? Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you, blessed child. Um, <laughs> so, I rebought No Man's Sky right before Next came out when it was on sale on PlayStation. I got it digitally so Jessica and I could play together. That never ended up happening. Um, but I did play with the aforementioned Sweet Boy Moises. Um, and that's the first time I played the game since launch, so when it was still broken as hell and not very good. Um, and him and I played for about two hours, and we had a blast. Will we ever play it again? No. <laughs> but shout out to Hello Games for giving me two really fun hours uh, after buying the game twice. Uh, <laughs> because uh, Moises actually wrote about it for OK Beast, but we were flying and we decided to land on a planet. We landed. We found an island that was shaped like an avocado. Uh, I land. We landed on it and there was no resources. It was a very small island, and I realized I don't have any fuel to get off, like to even like launch my ship off the ground. <laughs> And so Moises had to go fly to a space station. Luckily, he had millions of credits, buy fuel, and come back and give it to me. This took 45 minutes. I sat on this <laughs> island by myself. Oh, my God. And it was a blast. I have never heard one story summarize Andrew and Moises' personality so well. <laughs> oh, but. man. Yeah, it was a ton of fun, even if Moises was complaining the whole time and threatening not to come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, speaking of No Man's Sky, shout out to uh, my friend Lilith. Uh, she wrote a No Man's Sky letter for my end of the year coverage. And it's so fucking earnest, y'all. <laughs> like, it's so... Like, I don't like sappy shit, but God, she just... You know, she was just honest and authentic, and it is so good, and you should read it. I need to read that one. It's so good. Like, if you care about, like, good, just, like, nice video games writing about how games can, like, connect to people's lives, like, you should absolutely read Lilith's letter. <laughs> I read her letter. It was very good. Uh, so good. Um, Yeah, but I guess kind of going... Y'all, 2018 fucking sucked. Yeah. I, mean, I don't <laughs> like, know Not even sucks, just like... for games. I mean, like, this was probably the worst year of my entire life. Probably. I think. Like, when I yeah. look back, I'm like, yeah, this year was, like, really, really bad. Like, I just got, like, kind of bad news after bad news after bad news. And, like, it's still going. Like, it's not gonna necessarily be better. But, like... It was kind of, it's your fucking sucked. Yeah, no, no it was you... it was stinky this year. I did not like it. Yeah, it was up there for me too. It and was like... up and it was up and down for me. There were there are very high highs. There were not the lowest of lows, but pretty low lows. I know Kate like like Caitlin, you had a rough year though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not been great. And like, I don't know. I don't want to throw this year out just completely because like you know, it was another year of keeping this weird little rinky-dink side alive, even when I was, like, depressed and fucked up for half of it. And, like, Monty and I became friends this year. And, like, Hello. Andrew and I became closer friends this year. And, like, this show Hell yeah, this baby. And, like, you know, I did another podcast at the beginning of this year. That was 200 years ago. But, like, Adventure Log, like, it was short, but it was cool. Like, 
I did like that show. And like, still waiting for my episode. Uh, kind of funny. Prom happened this year. Slay. Yeah, happened I got this to like, year. like God, so many things fucking happened this year. But like the and like I totally am with like Andrew and Jess. So, like I, the games this year were not me games. Like I was excited for God of War, and then I played it, and I I like. I didn't like God of War from the start. Like, it was, I didn't find it to be fun. I didn't find it to be interesting. But, like, I powered through because, like, I wanted to be part of that conversation. And also, I had a friend who, like, just desperately wanted me to finish it. So I did. Um, And it just, like, I, it just was not for me. And then it continued not being for me. But, like, it's also fucked up because this year, if you look at it on paper, I feel like it's very much me. Like, it's, Heaven Will Be Mine came out this year, which is, like, a queer women mech visual novel, like, raunchy, fun dating sim. Jesus, this is, like, every word I would use to describe you. I know! (laughs) And, like, I do... I I only have managed to get through one playthrough of that game, actually. Like, I'm gonna try to, like, finish it this weekend so I can write about it. But, like, I really, really liked that game, but, like, I, I haven't finished it. I really, really like Speed Dating for Ghosts, and I did finish that. It's a really fucking awesome game. Um, and I think it takes dating sims in a really interesting direction. Like, You Are Jeff Bezos came out this year. That game is fucking amazing. Like, Yes. It's just a little twine game where you, like, get body snatched, like, Freaky Friday with Jeff Bezos and have to spend all his money. And like, I forgot I forgot to put that on my list, Caitlin. You just reminded me. It's so good. Everyone should play that game. It's so good. And, like, but, yeah, I, like, didn't, I don't know. Stuff just didn't really hit with me this year. Like, I probably played Battleship Brigade more than I played anything else. I love that game. It's my favorite game. Um, But, like, it was nice because I think, like, aside from just kind of buying shit at random, like, I did also really, like, push myself to play games that I normally wouldn't. Because, like, it kind of, again, I'm sorry, there's gonna be one more Waypoint reference. Like, Natalie was talking about on her list how, like, Because she played Bloodborne, she ended up playing a bunch of other games that she didn't think she would like. And that was the same for me. Like, I started playing Bloodborne this year, and I streamed it. And then, like, I played it for a while, and I kind of fell off. um, Because I can't beat the stupid second boss. Um, Fuck him. But, like, because of that game, and because, like, realizing, like, yo, if you put in the time, like, you... Like, I'm not as inept as I think. And, like, I can... (laughs) Learn the mechanics of, like, these really hard No, don't games. laugh at her, because I, or, d- like, d- I completely understand. No, no I do, too, but just I was the phrasing the same it. Way. I, I'm, not as, I'm not as incompetent as I think. No, <laughs> I was the same way. Like, no, I was like, I, there's I, no way me, know. a mere human, can play <laughs> uh, Hollow Knight or uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls or, or whatever. Super Mario but Brothers. But you know what? <laughs> If I sit down and try, I actually enjoy the experience. No, no, I, to- I, guess I totally understand where she's coming it's from. Like, it was the phrasing. It was the phrasing. It was it's the like phrasing. math, okay? I'm not a math person, <laughs> but when I understand math and I sit down and actually do problems, it's kind of, it gets to a point where you're like, oh, this is kind of nice. This is kind of soothing. And then you get the right answer at the end and you're like, hmm, I did that. Like, there's that satisfaction and like, yeah. that's how I feel about those games. No, I yeah. totally get that. Like, it was phrasing. Caitlin, I yeah, love you. Continue. I- no, I mean, I, you know, I phrase things to be self-deprecatingly funny, so, you know. It works. We out here. But because of that game, I, like, I played Dead Cells. And, like, I didn't fucking finish Dead Cells, but... Nope. <laughs> but I beat the first boss! 
And that Hell was yeah, fucking but- wild. I talked about that on my OKBs list. Like, that moment was bananas to me. Because, like, I was perfectly content just, like, doing runs where I would die and, like, fuck around and whatever. Because, like, I think I said it in the article, but it was, like, a fidget cube. It was, like, it was something to do with my hands, like, while I was doing something else. And I liked that. But then I got to that first boss and I was like, oh, shit, I did it. And, oh, like, I, and, like, I was I, the same way. And, like, from there, I played Hollow Knight. And, like, I started Hollow Knight because of the aforementioned Oasis. Um, and, like, you know, I didn't really click with it. But then the other day, I, like, decided to get back in. And he and I were on the phone for, like, two or three hours. And he, like, talked me, like, navigated me through an area and talked me through a boss fight. And, like, we, like, we were just on the phone while he was just, like, you know, like, we were both playing because he started a new save file while I had mine. And, like, he just listened to me yell at this boss until I finally beat it. <laughs> I thought he did it from memory because he's a psychopath, but, okay, I'm glad that no, he No, he did actually, do it from okay. memory at first. He started oh, his playthrough, like, halfway through talking to me. It was bananas. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. But, like, and, like, I'm enjoying that game. Like, I'm stuck at another boss, but, like, I'm stoked to, like, be able to go back to it at some point. And, two, like, now, now is where vampire talk starts. Because, like... I originally wasn't that interested in the game, and a lot of people kind of talk about how, like, the trailers for Vampire made it seem like it was better than it actually is. Like, the trailer that I watched for Vampire originally, I was like, this looks boring as shit. And then I played it, and, like, to be fair, that game has an awful, awful issue with fridging. Like, it immediately fridges a character, and then that same character gets fridged again! (laughs) She get fridged twice! That's impressive. It's bad. It's super duper bad. And like, I'm not going to pretend that it's not bad because it's like hella bad. But the nice thing is like, even despite that, like there, number one, there are other women in the game. So like, it kind of takes the pressure off in a lot of ways. Um, And it ties into what I really love about the game, which is like, there are like, each district has like citizens and they're all connected to each other you know, like, the way that communities are. And it really ties into just, like, the understanding of, like, how communities work and, like, how, like, when people know each other and care about each other, even if they don't like each other, like, if something happens to someone, people will take notice. And um, because there are other women in the game, it, like, even the really, really awful fridging stuff, like, kind of gets, it's not excused, but it, like, it, it at least is not quite the drastic thing because, like, that woman dies twice, but you work intimately with another woman. And, like, there are women in each district who are characters and who have lives. And this game has a hint system where, like, if you talk to someone, you can find out things about their lives. And then based on that, you get, like, clues into their, like, more personal stuff. And from there, like, the more you know about them, the more valuable they are to, like, drink blood from. But they're also more valuable in terms of, like, what you can find out about other people in the community and stuff like that. Um, because, you know, everyone's interconnected and like each district has multiple women. So like you talk to them and find out about like their relationships and their children and their jobs and like they are characters in and of themselves and every character kind of is. And it's really interesting and cool. And then doing that makes it so like instead of having an RPG like Mass Effect binary of like super, super fucked up, like evil person and like really, really, really good person. It's like, no, like you're a vampire. Like, you have to drink blood. You have to decide how you're going to do that. Like, are you going to kill people? Or are you going to, like, 
just, you know, have to take the harder path and, like, do a bunch of side shit and, like, level up that way because, like, you get experience from sucking people's blood. Um, but if you do that, like, you disrupt these communities and, like, it is felt in the community and that makes them more unstable and that makes it so, like, worse shit is gonna happen. But you're also, like, hella powerful, so, like, eh, you know, toss up. Maybe I gotta buy a vampire. Yeah, it actually sounds, like, really fucking yeah, rad. Yeah, it sounds really wild. I was like, ooh, okay. The only way that yeah. it got my attention was from, like, the Hawkeye on the cover. I was like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, other than no. that, yeah, wow, that sounds really cool. It's yeah. so cool. Like, it does such a good job with making the characters into people and understanding, like, how communities function. And two, it makes it, like... So the whole idea is basically, like, um, Jonathan is a doctor, too, and so, like, there's a, like, they think the Spanish, like, there's some kind of disease going around and they think it's the Spanish flu, and so, like, each district can be affected by that, and so, like, you have to, like, you have to be a doctor. It becomes, like, a city management sim, too, where, like, if people start getting sick, things get worse in the districts and more monsters and more vampire hunters show up, and if a district goes into critical like it's fucked like every civilian is dead like there are just huge scary monsters roaming around like it's fucked so like you have to be a doctor you and, said like, city management them. sim and yeah. my eyes just went huge like <laughs> hell yeah i need this game I'd now say that is also my jam yeah you just sold both of us on this <laughs> Thank i you. love anything Good. with simulation and management aspects and two into okay i'm gonna say one more thing about vampire but i'm gonna stop because i'm just ruining my whole piece that i'm writing about it but just giving it all away for free but um there is so like going back to the communities thing each community has like a quote-unquote pillar character who like everybody's kind of like focused on and like you know gets like community strength from and after each act you kind of have a moment with them where you have to decide like what you're gonna do to them and, like, it seems like it's going to be a very RPG, like, here's the good choice, here's the, like, kind of in-between choice, and here's the super good choice. Um, and it relies on the hint system because you only get charm options if you have all of the hints for the character. But, like, there's no universal good choice. Like, I talked about it again in my OK Beast list, but, like, the first pillar character that you can talk to, like, the best option for them is to um, let them survive. Because if you do the charm option, like, they lose their mind eventually and become a monster. Um, but the second pillar character, the best option is to charm them. Because if you let them live, they fucking lose their shit and become a big scary monster. And, like, half of the district's population is just dead. And, like, it's just, it, everything goes to shit in that area. Um, and so, like, it... It just goes back into, like, the game treating them as characters and, like, as different people with different motivations and, like, constitutions and stuff. And it's so fucking cool. It sounds so neat. Oh, my gosh. I know. I think you've just sold all three of us on this game. Yep. <laughs> Everyone play Vampire. It's, it's, it's shitty, but also so good. <laughs> yeah, I think so that... so cool ideas. The, the two games, honestly, I want to play Vampire anyway. The two games that I still think I am going to play of this year, I just need to actually get around to. Maybe three, maybe Spider-Man's on there. But I do want to play Vampire and also Gree. I, did, I wanted to play too. Oh. I thought you said Agree. No, Gree. Yeah, I haven't played Gree either. It's on my it's on my list, but... 
Yeah. Because I love that artsy bullshit, and it, it looks beautiful. Absolutely it beautiful. It does. I've heard it that the so pretty. story's good, too. I've heard mixed things about how it treats women in grief, so I'm very interested to see for myself. But, yeah, man, you should play Heaven Will Be Mine, too. Like, it's such a good... Oh, yes. Also, I literally bought it, so it's on my phone now. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. bought it de- during this, so I will yeah. play it. Probably within the, this weekend, I think. Yeah, like Pluto is a hundred percent you, and Saturn is like a hundred percent me, and it's so good. And like, I know I just talked a whole bunch, but that game is so cool because it's like, it's just like it's about like the way that like bodies get to be experienced and expressed, and like how ideals and philosophies get to be expressed, and like how culture works. And also, like, how xenophobia, like, and fear of the other can kind of be expressed in all these wild ways you would never think of. And two, it's about, like, intimacy and, like, that means sex, but it also just means, like, getting close to people and, like, oh, that game is so good. I'm so excited <laughs> for it. It's so, yeah. Oh, so, I guess four, then. Four games that I'm going to play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, um, the year ends in, like, six days, so... I'm going to play them all. Okay. <laughs> At the same time, have all like several screens just open. That's like, that's like the one thing about that game. Like, especially if you choose to not feed on folks, like it takes a long time because you gotta like do all this side shit, and there's no fast travel, which is like part of the plot. And I get it, and like I respect it, but I'm also mad at it. So that game takes fucking forever. <laughs> I I don't even think. I think I'm still in the first act. I don't even know. Oh, damn. It's so long. Just gotta be a monster. I don't wanna. <laughs> Walk in the, it's honestly not even out of altruism. I'm just, like, very afraid of the monsters. <laughs> I am deeply stressed out whenever my district status drops and there's more of them. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> Because the combat's not very good, so. That's funny. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, does anyone else have any any pressing thoughts now that I've ranted for like 20 minutes? Uh, Caitlin, what was your game of the year? Man, I don't fucking know. I know, it's a hard question. I don't think I really even gave one. But what, think, what were like oh. some top, top ones? Well, okay, so I, like Andrew, made a list of every game I played this year. Which I will now read to you, the listeners. Read it, read it. <clears throat> so I played Rogue Mance, Speed Dating for Ghosts, Lost Wage Rampage, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, My Lovely Daughter, A Way Out, God of War, Vampire Dead Cells, Heaven Will Be Mine, Far Cry 5, Spider-Man, Super Mario Party, Miss Bullard's School for Formal Ladies, Halfway to the Lamppost, Assassin's Creed, Soul Calibur 6, the Gardens Between, Secret Little Haven, Monster Prom, Hitman 2, The Missing, Florence, Little Dragon's Cafe, and Smash. I forgot Monster Prom came out this year. Yeah, yeah. that game was, like, low-key kind of disappointing. It was kind of disappointing. Very like... hard. It's very hard. It also See, leaned really hard into, like, trying to be, like, shitty, edgy humor, and I was like, man. Yes. That's what my issue was, because I actually didn't think it was, like... Once I figured it out, I felt like it wasn't too, like, hard to, like, win. But I just was not always a fan of the dialogue of that game. And I don't know. Like, I I agree. I think it was just a little too edgy for me. 
Yeah, yeah, I can I can agree with that. The game's pretty. The yeah. the character designs are really cool, but yeah, it was just too edgy, and I think that's why like I fell out of it. I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't know. It wasn't photorealistic enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real yeah. gamer. I play real games. But, I, mean, no, I, I, guess... I will agree, though. Cool concept, really great art. So, I mean, I guess out of these, like, I really, obviously, I really liked Vampire. Um, Heaven Will Be Mine, again, obvious. Um, Hitman 2 was really cool. That was another game where I kind of pushed myself outside my comfort zone because I never thought I would like a Hitman game. Um, but, like, that game's pretty fucking fun. Um, and then The Missing was, like, surprisingly good and, like, low-key not as problematic as, like, it probably should have been. Um, and I actually have a piece coming out about that next week, so that'll be cool. Um, and then, let's see, The Gardens Between was really cool and pretty, um, and just kind of, like, a nice, chill little game. Uh, Secret Little Haven is very nice. It's, like, a, it's, like, a visual novel, but you, like, play on an old-school Mac and, like, go through, like, the player character's computer and, like, they're on, like, a Sailor Moon-adjacent, like, fan forum site, which was, like, very nostalgic and... The story is kind of a lot, but, like, in a good way. It's, like, like about trauma and stuff, but also, like, very validating, I think. Um, let's see here. Where the Water Tastes Like Wine gets a huge fucking shout-out, because, like, for all you little bitches who are always crying about single-player games and, like, wanting good stories, like, but then didn't support Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, like, fuck you. Because um, <laughs> Where the Water Tastes Like Wine is so cool and good. Um... Like, it makes story collection, like, not just the point, but, like, the collectible of it, and it's so much more impactful than, like, getting the 8 billionth backpack in Spider-Man, because, like, you use the stories to talk to other people and, like, learn about them, and then the more you tell a story, the more it gets around, and it grows, and it changes, and it's also just, like, set in, like, the Great Depression, so it's got, like, that very, like, kind of sad, but whimsical fuck it kind of feeling to it and like the characters that you meet are so interesting and like written by a lot of really cool like games people like Gita Jackson and Austin Walker and Leah Alexander and like so many other people um it's just fucking cool also Sting is in it oh really yeah what (laughs) yeah Sting is in it what yeah (laughs) all right yeah Oh, that, what a what a weird thing. That was not a sentence I thought would be uttered during this podcast. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, right, well, and then, yo, I really like Speed Dating for Ghosts. I already kind of mentioned that, but like... Oh, yeah, I want to play that too, actually. That game fucking rules. It has an interesting take on dating sims, and it's like, it's like deep, but not in like a navel-gazy kind of way. Um, oh, Halfway to the Lamppost 2 is like a twine game from... Um, Kate Tremblay, I think is how you say her name, who, she's the person who put out A Mortician's Tale last year. Um, and it's just, like, this little twine game on itch, and it's just, like, it's supposed, it's, like, a horror game, kind of, and it's about, like, walking from your friend's house, or, like, walking from your house to the lamppost in between your house and your friend's house. Um, and, like, most of the horror kind of takes place there, but in between there's, like, these flashbacks of, like... Or I guess they're kind of flash-forwards because it goes from, like, being a kid to being an adult. And it talks about a lot of, like, alcoholism and domestic violence. And it's all, like, very powerful in, like, this very subtle way. Um, I played it on stream, actually, in October. And I, like, 
had a moment where I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, a little bit too real, actually. Like, I am, like, struggling to continue because of how, like, in tune with some experiences I've had have been. Um, And so that was really cool and, like, powerful. Like, I want to go back to it, but also, like, (laughs) it's a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah, but that game fucking rules. Um, And then, yeah, Dead Cells is, like, cool and good, but I suck at it. Also, oh, too, Assassin's Creed Odyssey was, like, super alright, but it treats every queer person who's not Cassandra or Alexios kind of like shit. So, like, little man on that one for that reason. I only remember running into one queer person, but I also, like, didn't do every side mission in the world, so. I really? Because just you, like, playing that game, I feel like you ran into a lot more than that. Oh, no, I just banged everyone. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, they weren't, like... They didn't have, like, a story revolving around them being where they just had romance options. They were just, like, they could have been a boy but or a girl. But just because they don't matter. have a story revolving around them being queer doesn't mean they're queer. Well, I, I understand that. But, like, like I know, Caitlin, you had a story involving a woman who their their, their partner had died, right? Yeah. So the yeah, whole... see, like, I never ran into any of that stuff. Uh, okay. so that's what I'm, That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, like, like the queer was... folks was the queer folks who have like story beats. I feel like are not done very well. And granted, I only encountered two, but like I was like, yikes. That's what I meant. The, it's the queer folk who had story story beats. Okay. Thank you, Caitlin. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, I'm not saying that like. See, because I even yeah. felt like from what I saw watching you play, it kind of seemed like every single person who was queer or bisexual was just very overtly promiscuous. Like, which yeah, is also kind of, kind of a weird thing, too. Yeah, but I mean, Mass Effect does the same thing. I don't know. It's not quite as bad. I don't I mean, know. It's kind of a pitfall of, like, any characters that, like, you can romance as either who are just, like, only yeah. there to, like, be banged, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which, like, isn't good either, but, like... I guess with, like, Mass Effect, you do run into those characters and, like, Dragon Age and stuff like yeah. that, like, Bioware as a whole, mm. but... It seems like there are enough characters to where, like, the connection is more emotional and then it leads to something physical where, like, with Assassin's Creed, it just seemed like there was just, like, I don't know. And, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, yeah. you know, well, like, the first yeah, thing being I mean, sexual it, and permissive. It, it also just, like, does a, suck that that's the only option, though, because, like, there's no, yeah. as far as I know, there's no way to, like, have someone end up being your partner. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, so that's different and that's kind of shitty because, like... Yo, like, if you just want to bang all day, like, hell yeah, I get it, but there should be a choice, I guess. First person I banged in that game was, I went on a quest because their husband's PP didn't work no more. Oh, yeah, but I remember I that had, one. Yep, I had to go get her supplies uh, to give him a mess, and he's like, nope, still doesn't work. She's like, well, I'm horny. I'm like, I'll do it. And that's all she wrote. Yeah. So the first, the first queer person that I encountered in the game was this, like, sailor lady who I came to on the beach, and, like, she was, like, hey, so, like, my boat got shipwrecked, and my, like, partner, who she's, like, she, like, she loves this girl, like, she loves her, and she's, like, hey, like, she went missing in the shipwreck, can you please, like, track her down, and so I was, like, oh, hell yeah, I'll go find your girlfriend, like, NP, so then you go through all this shit to find her, and she got eaten by fucking sharks, (laughs) like, oh my god, and that's just the end, and then you go back and you tell her, and she's, like, oh, damn, and then you go to, I think it's Athens, and there's, like, when you're trying to talk to, what's the philosopher, Andrew? Fuck, I don't know. They all have Greek names. You know how hard it is for me to remember English Ugh. names? Socrates. I'm pretty sure it's Socrates. It's probably Socrates, but there's, like, five. But, yeah, Socrates is the main one. Yeah, so I think it's when you're trying to talk to him, and they, like, there's this queer dude who you, like, have to talk to. Um, 
to kind of oh, like, like the blonde guy. Yeah, to like kind of get the yeah. like the like the like the info on him or whatever. Yeah, and they do this really shitty bit where they like imply that like he's committing like bestiality with a goat. But, like, they also have made it canon that he, like, sleeps with men. And it's, like, very uncomfortable and gross. And it's, like, yo, like, if you're going to pitch your game as being, like, the fill-in to, like, the Bioware void since, like, Anthem doesn't get romance options, like, you cannot do this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I I know know exactly who you're talking about. I know the situation. I don't know if I did the dialogue option that he talked about that because i don't remember that at all the ghost, yeah it's at least. in, I remember it's in like a cut scene or something i don't really remember okay. but yeah it's yeah it's, I, i'm i might have just glossed over it and just like not even like acknowledge that it happened yeah That's very possible i have very just, bad memory so yeah it's just one of those things you know where it's like yeah oh i realize this sure. now too this is i'm completely derailing myself but like yo i played into the breach too that game's pretty good i suck at mm-hmm. it that's pretty Same. good yeah, I bought that on PC when it came, like, the day it came out. Um, and I played it that day, and that's the only day I played it, because I am very bad at it. Yeah, I'm super so. bad at it. But it's, like, kind of fun to try to figure out. I have it on my, oh, on my sure. Switch. Um, nice. Also, I guess, shout out to the true game of the year, which absolutely is Battleship Brigade. And I can say that because it came out on PS4 this year, so. It counts. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that game. It was a good Damn. game. See, I my life. I liked this discussion, you guys. I liked it a lot. Glad someone did. <laughs> Damn. Okay, Andrew. No, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bring me <laughs> back, please. Probably. We'll see. Um. Y'all, Overcooked Two deserves more love. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I believe you. We still need to play that at some point. We do. We do. I'm just waiting for you. We busy. I got a site to run. I got podcasts to record. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good impression of me, generally. So Yeah, nailed it. That's what all women sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. We're gonna fucking play these cards. Oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus. My god. Don't not all men me right now, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I hate this. I hate everything about this. Anyway, <laughs> This podcast is really fun. I just found out a whole bunch of games that, like, I haven't heard of before. And, I, like, I've had my eye on them, but, like, it hasn't really reached out to me. But this was really informative. Because I played, like, four games from this year. And oh, it was so good to hear from you guys. I absolutely thought that uh, Monty was about to go into this podcast is brought to you by. And I was like, are we sponsored? Audible. <laughs> <laughs> I was my like, oh, no. Voice. We are we are bigger than I expected. We are not that big. Are are we sponsored by Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> Please, add us. Coming through with those those big yeah. dollars. <laughs> oh my god, uh, man! I wish. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, tweet oh, him. I just realized we never we didn't pick an end of the show shout out for this episode. I think Monty, do you want to pick one? A uh, shout out. Yeah. Uh, shout out to you for getting me this mic. I sound so smooth. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Uh, I just, I, yeah, wanted, no. I wanted you to have it. Yeah, Can we for, shout out Caitlin though? Like for the best tweets and all of the lovely Christmas gifts she sent everyone and being the best friend. Yeah. She sent me a Literally. Yeah. 
Oh no. It Caitlin means... is Caitlin is the best human ever yeah. in existence. So. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Too good for this my world. Life better. Oh no. Each and every day. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, that reflects how bad your life is. <laughs> no, it's good because Caitlin's in it. <laughs> I'm trying to deflect the attention away from Caitlin because I, I know she's uncomfortable. <laughs> thank thank uh, you, Andrew. Uh, is there is there anybody you think is cool? Bruce. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just looked at me. He just looked his head up. He's like, "What?" <laughs> just thank you for this dog for the yeah. for the uninitiated. Yeah, um, I check my Twitter for occasional pics. Bruce, thank you for uh, ruining at least five minutes of the podcast every episode. <laughs> okay, um, cool. So I guess we'll Andrew. Speaking of Twitter, where can where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at Cogs the Well, C O G S T H E W E L L. I had to think about how to spell that because I am illiterate. Um, <laughs> Same. Just like Aang. Just like Aang. <laughs> Aang is fucking illiterate and I have proof. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me on there. Um, I talk about video games and I yell about politics sometimes and I get uncomfortable because everybody loves my wife. That's true. That's my Twitter in a nutshell. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, and Jess, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Jessicox, which is J-E-S-S-A-C-O-G-S. Uh, I hope everybody had a great holiday season and have a very great New Year's. And if you drink and drive, I will personally go and kick your ass. So don't do it. That's my that's my PSA at the end of this episode because I'm very against drinking and driving, you dumb motherfuckers. Is this coming out after the New Year's, Caitlin? I believe it. I'm trying to. Sh- I'm shooting for it to come out on New Year's Eve, so it'll be a good PSA on New Year's Jess. Day. New Year's Eve. Thank you. Oh, New Year's Eve. Okay. Well, yes. ha- yeah. Happy New Year, bitches. Yeah, I hope you have a wonderful New Year's. I hope that if you're legal or at least like over like 16 and responsible, you have a very drunken great time. <laughs> but don't drink and drive. <laughs> that was the war- that turned into a grape from a great PSA to a terrible okay, PSA. Okay, we can't expect the 16 year olds to not drink, Andrew. <laughs> oh my god. Monty, where can people find you on the internet? Can't believe this conversation. It's great. <laughs> Um, you guys can find me at 3DS Boy or 3DS Boy, however you guys want to pronounce it. It's T H R E E D S Boy, and yeah, I'm just complaining a whole bunch of stuff from there. You can also find me there on Instagram and Twitch. Hell yeah! And you can yeah. find me, my personal Twitter, uh, getting mad a lot at uh, C G and eight R's. <laughs> Uh, the Twitter for the website that this podcast comes from is at your geeky gal pal. You should also check it out on Facebook and Instagram, where Monty is breathing new life into the decrepit corpse of that Instagram. Um, mm, I can't wait. <laughs> I got like five followers just today, girl. <laughs> like it's all because. Oh, it's the thirsty boys. They know. They know. They'll be like, look. <laughs> You're like, look at me, I followed. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm going to talk to you for like two seconds. <laughs> Using that power for good. Um, and, yo, know, like, so, so we've been out here. We've been out here doing, oh, hell yeah. 
Andrew Coswell. <laughs> what up, my boy? Um, yeah, the the site has been coming out with, uh, if I do say so myself, really good uh, end of the year letters talking about some games from this year. Some of them are partnerships between myself and another writer. Some of them are just like love letters, either from like guests or from me. I think it's pretty pretty fucking cool and good. So you should uh, check out the site and read those and enjoy them and retweet them and share them with all of your friends. Um, and for the podcast, like, yo, like, hey, rate and review and subscribe. And I forgot that we were supposed to read reviews for this show on the show. Um, so we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do two next time. It's been a fucking end of the year. Let me tell you. So we'll do two next time. But yeah, if you Woo! want your review read on the show, you should uh, review the show. And it'll be great. I know we got a couple of new ones since last time. So, yeah. Thanks, y'all. I guess we're going to go. Happy New Year, you, you fucking nerds. Happy, yeah, new, happy new Year. <gasps> also, thanks Woo! for having me on, ladies. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. It was very fun, and I'm glad you were here to offer your your white man perspective i was gonna say my my, my boy ideas <laughs> <laughs> them boy thoughts boy thoughts that's a terrible porn site um anyway oh no <laughs> uh, uh, all right it's time to go i gotta yeah. fucking go god damn it i'm done and Bye, god bless everyone. us everyone Hi, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Joe. Sugar We're Going Down podcasting is exactly what it sounds like. Each week, we get a random Fall Out Boy song and discuss it in various ways, such as... What are its merits musically? Is it a bop? Does it have chugs? It's lyrical complexity. Sometimes Pete writes a triple entendre, and sometimes he doesn't even finish the first entendre. Does the video make any goddamn sense, though? Usually, no. How gay does it make us feel? Usually... A lot of gay. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your personal podcatcher of choice and get a new episode every Wednesday until it kills us. Caitlin, is this more than you bargained for yet? Honestly, it already is. 